0: Fools to the world, we know the wisdom of God. Unknown, we cannot be ignored. Dying, we still live on. Disciplined by suffering, we're not beaten down. Knowing sorrow, we've always cause for joy. Poor ourselves, we make many rich. Penniless, we own the world. Steadfastly, we turn our wills towards God to meet hardships and affliction, hunger and weariness, illness and failure with sincerity, insight, patience, kindness, speaking the truth in love, resilience in the power of the Spirit. And we sing our first hymn, number 318, in Singing the Faith Christ our King before creation. so let us pray. Eternal God, how wonderful and vast are your horizons. Thank you, Creator God, for making us in your image. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for calling us to be your disciples. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering us to fulfill our calling. Thank you, Holy Trinity, for the expanse of your love and the depth of your faithfulness. Amen. And now we'll say a prayer of confession. God of our days and nights, we are sorry for the moments when we see obstacles and you see stepping stones. Forgive us and help us to change our perspective. We are sorry when we just see the years behind us and you see the years ahead. Forgive us and help us change our perspective. We are sorry for the times we put limits on what we feel is possible and lose sight of the fact that you are the God of the impossible. Forgive us and help us change our perspective. We are sorry when we shrink the world to our size and lose sight of the vastness of your compassion. Forgive us and help us change our perspective. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And a prayer of assurance of forgiveness. Living God, from upside down to the right way up, you change our lives and our perspectives. From being burdened by guilt to being freed by your grace, You change our lives and our perspectives, from the fear of death to the embracing of each moment. You change our lives and our perspectives. Amen. Now, does anybody know what's happening in the Sunday School this morning? Oh, they do, right? Today we're talking about God's promises. God's promises. Yes, well, I, I suppose so are we. We're going to be talking about uh, lamentation. Right, if you want to leave now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but, well, obviously the Sunday school is very welcome to leave. But, before, but while you're leaving, we sing this special chorus. So this is uh, the second Sunday in Lent. Uh, I hope everybody's well into Lent. Are you? Yes. No, yeah, no, possibly. And uh, uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, as I say, uh, Lamentation and all its implications. And uh, there will be two readings, but before we get to the readings, uh, we're going to sing... Uh, <clears throat> a a gospel hymn uh, and it's I Will Sing the Wondrous Story which is 323 in Singing the Faith and in the great gospel tradition we sing the last chorus twice so don't sit down keep standing and sing it again so I will sing the wondrous story
1: A reading from the book of the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and repents of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and repent and leave a blessing behind him, a cereal offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, spare the people, O Lord, and make not thy heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people hear the word of the lord thanks Thanks be to god a reading from the gospel according to mark glory Glory to christ Christ our savior and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days, rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not on the side of God, but of men. And he called to him the multitude with his disciples, and said to them, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ
0: words of the next hymn may not be familiar but I think most of you know the tune it's got a lovely name it's called wild mountain time and uh, that's t-h-y-m-e and uh, in a biony Bethlehem an odd sounding beginning to a hymn for Lent but you'll see Can you imagine what it must have been like to be rebuked by Jesus? Not in private, but in front of all the other disciples. And not just rebuked, but accused of being Satan, the angel of Rome, You're not on the side of God, but of men. Can you imagine how that must have felt? Because Jesus was Peter's hero. And Peter was appalled at the idea that he was going to suffer and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and killed so Peter tries to rebuke him. I don't know why rebuke him. It's not, but he was. It was almost as if he was deliberately provoking the people who put him to death. And Peter couldn't understand that. He couldn't get his head round that. And this man, this man who wobbles so clearly in this passage is in tradition the foundation stone of the Christian church. So during Lent, when we remember our sins, or when we avoid remembering our sins because it's too painful, remember Peter, remember his big wobble at this point and his rebuke. There is life after being rebuked by Jesus. Life in all its fullness. And Lent is traditionally a time when we remember our sins. And you've got over six weeks to do it in. Which is quite a daunting length of time. I can't possibly have six weeks' worth of sins. What on earth am I going to remember over six weeks? You may be thinking, and you're probably right. There's, you're probably not quite as bad as that. Maybe five or four weeks' worth. So there's plenty of time left if you've not been observing Lent so far. And, uh, but I think one of the things that can help us is understanding that Uh, confessing our sins is only a part of what Lent is about so I want to uh, open up a few other possibilities and things you can do in the time once you've remembered all your sins and confessed them and asked for forgiveness then uh, there are other things you can turn your attention to so let's travel back in time uh, from 1st century uh, Galilee to uh, the book of the prophet Joel. Now, I don't ask if anybody's read Joel recently, because I've got a feeling... Well, has anybody read Joel recently? Because Joel is a fascinating book, because the, uh, the, the enemy, the, uh, the disaster... This has assailed Israel, is quite different from what it normally is. Can anybody know what it is? Sorry? Lo- locust. Yeah, it's a plague of locusts. Now, we, we tend not to get too many plagues of locusts in this country, uh, but it, it was devastating in those times. It, was a, uh, it wasn't just the odd locusts sort of hopping along it was a massive cloud and it just laid waste to everything there there was nothing left all the vegetation was gone and so the call to the people of Israel is to mourn to lament what has happened and this is just one instance of lamentation Uh, mostly in in the prophets in the Old Testament. And you can open the prophets just about anywhere and you won't be far away from a lamentation of some sort or other. And there's even a book called Lamentations, which is well worth reading. It's much more inventive and interesting than you might think. Um, So have a look at that. But what is lamentation? Uh, And uh, there's messages from God through Joel, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and with mourning and rend your hearts and not your garments because that was uh, what people tended to do in those days got some bad news, you rendered your garments I've never seen anyone do that uh, in, uh, in, in these days but that's what they used to do but uh, the invitation from God is your hearts, rend your hearts. Return to God. God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and repents of evil. And if you do this, if you lament, if you mourn, who knows whether God will not turn and repent himself and leave a blessing behind him. So blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, and notice here, lamentation is for everybody together. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, here we are, gather the children, they're in Sunday school, but they would need to be brought in, even nursing infants, so nobody gets off, And then, and this is the real shocker, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. So even the newlyweds uh, are not allowed to celebrate. They've all got to join in the lamentation. Even the priests, believe it or not, who usually get the blame for everything going wrong, they they weep and they say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and make not thy heritage a reproach. Where is their God? So what is lamentation? It's obviously akin to repentance. But the thing about lamentation is it is often about things like a plague of locusts that we can't actually do very much about. In the tradition of Lent, this is uh, often described as meditation uh, about Jesus on the cross. And that's certainly one way in which you can practice lamentation. But Jesus is on the cross and being crucified all the time in our modern world. We hear a lot in the news about Gaza and Israel We're here in the news about Ukraine and Russia. There are many other wars all over the world and there's not much we can do about it. And then, of course, there is climate change and all the changes that are happening to the climate, the forests that are burning, the parts of this country that are flooding. There is so much for us to lament. So... And lamentation is, it's not about assigning blame. It's not about saying, "Oh well, if only our politicians did X, Y, and Z, things would be a lot better, which may or may not be true. It is feeling it, feeling in our hearts the pain of other people. That is lamentation. There there may or may not be anything we can do about it, but to lament is to feel it at an emotional level. And this is really important. We've already touched on one of the things that can help you, which is that lamentation is something we do as a community. And uh, there's nothing to stop a few members of the congregation getting together and praying together and feeling the pain of whatever cause or or issue uh, you like, and also remembering Jesus on the cross. But why do it now? Because there is another community around us besides our immediate local community, and that is, it is Lent for most of the Christian church, and that means there are churches all over the world going through the same process as we are. Some of them may be a lot closer to uh, places of concern uh, uh, than we are but they are there with us But also, not just geographically but also through time and Christians have been uh, practicing Lent for hundreds of years and there are masses and masses of Works in the Christian storehouse that can help you reflect and lament. Not just the Old Testament, but writings from mystics and so on uh, who can help you out. So there are massive resources to help us. So we are not alone in lamenting, but there's also a deeper truth, a deeper sense in which we're not alone, and that is in the midst of lamenting and feeling the pain of our fellow human beings, we can, maybe un- unawares, encounter the reality of Jesus Christ. And in prayer, to find that Jesus Christ is with us and praying with us is something that is Impossible really to preach about. It's something that we experience uh, and aspire to, uh, but find it very difficult to put into words. Nevertheless, as a preacher, I shall rise to the challenge and say this. Maybe Jesus will pray alongside of you. Maybe even in your prayers. He'll speak to you. And what will he say? Well, he could say many things. But one of the things he might say is, I've brought you a gift. And you'll say, a gift? Oh, that's very kind of you, Jesus. What sort of a gift? Can't you see it? Says Jesus. All I can see is a cross. Yeah, that's not my cross. That's yours. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Pick it up, says Jesus, and follow me. because this is a third dimension to lent the picking up of our of our own cross. And it isn't easy uh, some of the uh, Uh, people in this congregation who used to be at Broom Hill will remember we had our Good Friday walks. And we we had an enormous wooden cross that we carried. I was the person who managed to wedge it between a street sign and the pavement, so it couldn't go either forwards or backwards. And, uh, yeah, it's not just that it's heavy, it's cumbersome. Why, on earth where Jesus wants us to carry our cross. Jesus says that whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake, the gospel, the good news, will save it. And then these words, which we've all read a thousand or more times, for what does it profit someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their life what can someone give in return for their life this is the deep challenge of Lent this week we've I think had the privilege to hear something of the story of Alexis Navalny the opposition leader in Russia And the part of the story I heard, you may remember he was poisoned a few years ago and uh, he, uh, he he received treatment, I think it was in Germany. And after he was healed from that, he returned to Russia. And he actually had a choice at that point. He could have stayed in the West... And he could have continued to criticise Putin and his government from the West. And indeed many people, including his wife, have done exactly that. And there would have been nothing wrong with him doing that. But he chose to go back to Russia. And he knew he was going to be arrested when he arrived, which is indeed what happened. He knew he was going to be imprisoned and he knew that he would be put to death at some point but it's but the real inspiration of this man who's clearly carrying his cross is that throughout all of that ordeal he remained cheerful and he was teasing the judge on the day that he died he remained cheerful and that is what carrying the cross really means. Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's something you do with Jesus alone and even those close to you can't help you carry it. And yet, it is light. It is It is a joyful thing to do. An old friend of mine wrote a hymn many years ago. I tried to get it into singing the faith but failed. Uh, But I shall tell you the chorus, which I think sums it up beautifully. Come, sing a love song. Come, sing the blues. Bring your cross and your dancing shoes. If you're undecided, now's the time to choose between the glossy papers and our own good news. This is the positive message of Lent. It's buried deep, but it's there for all of us to dig up and and take into our hands. So let's be an inspired congregation for this Lent. Amen. I can't remember the first line of the hymn. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Right, we're going to sing this next hymn. Have you heard God's voice?
2: Let us pray for all for whom grief and pain is raw. Those overwhelmed by loss loss of a loved one, a regular job, a home they have been compelled to leave, a community that has fallen apart. Help us to recognise that shedding tears is an appropriate and healthy response. Jesus wept. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all overwhelmed by a sense of confusion, chaos and impending doom. Especially young people on the threshold of adult life who see no future. Help us all to lament the selfishness and greed that continue to imperil this world and to take constructive steps for peace and sustainability. Lord, in your mercy, let us lament the war in Ukraine now in its third year. Let us hold in our prayers the people of Ukraine and also the Russian people who overwhelmingly long for peace. Lord, In your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us lament the situation in Gaza and the bitter mistrust and enmity that bedevils Israel, Palestine, and the whole of the Middle East. We continue to pray for an immediate ceasefire, for the release of hostages, and for steps towards a permanent solution that secures the future of both Israel and Palestine. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us lament the appalling history of abuse within faith communities and the damage and ongoing trauma caused. Let us pray especially for our parent denominations, the Church of England and the Methodist Church, as they seek to safeguard the vulnerable, whether children or adults, and banish all kinds of coercive behaviour. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray with those who are angry with God, because the kingdoms of this world are clearly not the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Turn anger into peaceful but powerful protest, opposing injustice and modelling alternate lifestyles. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us lament our polarised society, our growing wealth divide, our readiness to regard with suspicion those who we perceive as different our refusal to see Christ in neighbour and indeed in enemy. May we learn to find joy in enough and to celebrate our common humanity made in God's image. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the Holy Spirit the comforter, to continue to work in individuals and movements, leading us into all truth. May she soothe and strengthen, empower and transform, enriching human friendship, breaking down barriers of mistrust and kindling hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now in a moment of silence, let us hold in God's presence people we know who are in particular need at this time. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
3: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to St Andrew's Salter Lane Church this morning, and welcome to those joining us online. Um, I hope you've had a chance to see the notices. Somebody said to me recently, oh, they always just say the same thing. Actually, they don't. There's lots of new stuff every week. Please do read them. Um, This week, um, there's lots of stuff about different Lent activities, either within this church or or roundabout, so please have a look at those. There's a lot um, in the green box, a lot about water. Well, we've noticed a lot of that doing a lot of damage recently. But um, there's an exhibition at the Millennium Gallery called Ways of Water and Cities of River Rivers exhibition at Western Park Museum, both of which um, are very interesting. And uh, Baby Basics, Mothering Sunday gifts. If you haven't brought one today, it's too late. They've got to be delivered. But uh, Pat would uh, welcome cash. Uh, she'll be probably taking the stuff straight after the service, but she's coming back. So if you want to give any cash, because you haven't been able to uh, get a present organised, please give it to me, and I will make sure that she gets it before uh, I leave here this morning. Um, So that's all I've got to say, but uh, Anna also has an important notice uh, as chair of the ECC.
4: Uh, So, as most of you know, since the conclusion of God in Love Unites Us in the Methodist Church and the resulting decision to allow marriages of same sex couples, the Ecumenical Church Council here at St Andrews have been exploring what this decision means for us as an LEP. For an LEP to be registered to perform marriages of same-sex couples, all the denominations committed to the sharing agreement have to agree to the building being used for this purpose. After several discussions at ECC and a survey to confirm the views of the congregation, it became clear that this was something we wished as a church to pursue. We've consequently been in conversation with Bishop Pete to see how this could be achieved, given the difference in position of the Methodist Church and the Church of England. Our request for consent to use the building for this purpose was referred to the Archbishop's Council, and they have given their consent to the use of St Andrew's Salt Lane Church for the solemnisation of same-sex marriages. This is on the basis that the church is owned by the Methodist Church, that any such weddings will be conducted by a Methodist minister and performed according to the rights of the Methodist Church. As many of you know, Bishop Pete takes a conservative stance on this matter, but felt strongly that his personal view should not stand in the way of the wishes of the congregation. Indeed, he graciously made the request to the Archbishop's Council on our behalf. On Monday, the 19th of February, the ECC of St Andrew's Salt Lane Church voted unanimously to enable the solemnisation of the marriages of same-sex couples and to enable the blessings of same-sex marriages previously solemnised, and affirmed the authorisation of Naomi to preside at such occasions. The registrar has been notified and an application submitted for the church building to be registered for such occasions. We give thanks for all of you who have prayed that this issue would be resolved and for the gracious communication that we've had with those who hold different views. Please continue to pray for all those affected by these decisions. Thank you.
0: Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that you accept these gifts as a small indication of our commitment to you and your kingdom. Accept these gifts and the gifts that we give automatically online and uh, everything else that we do for you and call us to even deeper commitment. Amen. O God, what offering shall we give to you? Has anybody got any promises from God? Yes, well come and share them with us. So, what have we got? Alright, so this is a bookmark with a rainbow on it and that is Another rainbow, that is an amazing. I promise I will never leave you. Oh, that's God's promise. beautiful yes. Oh, and and, and another rainbow. That's great. And another. Ra- so rainbows. Oh, of course. Yes, God's promise. Uh, no, isn't it? Yes. So uh, there we have a rainbow. And what are these things here? Oh, right. Do not fear me. All my friends. Never, never. Never. never uh, oh right, yes, that's end. Uh, yes, right. Yes, that's. Uh, so there you are. Um, so God's promise, rainbows, and uh, we've obviously been studying the story of Noah oh and there's another, another another bookmark that's a rainbow and more pom poms that's a rainbow ok so uh, let's uh, let's just f- finish with uh, another of God's promises so uh, so, if you face the front, and we can, uh, we can say this. Loving God, thank you for the wonderful times when our hearts are singing. Thank you also that you are with us in the difficult times, when we are confused and don't understand. Help us to feel your presence at all times. Help us to hear your guidance and learn to trust you, knowing that good times will come again. Amen. And we'll say the grace together, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. If we take them through to the back, people can have a look at them over tea and coffee.